What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, discovering connections between spirituality, mindset, and wealth. I'm Melissa Malati, and if you are brand new to the show, welcome. I hope you're having the most magical week. And this is part four of my mini series with Barun Garain called The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. And this episode is all about mindful eating. So I'm not going to get too much into it. I'm just going to start the episode. So if you haven't heard any of the rest, like I said, this is part four. Parts one, two, and three, of course, are already available on audio format under this podcast link, as well as in video format. So if video is something that floats your boat a little bit more than audio, then you can head on over to youtube.com slash Melissa Malati. All of the video versions are on there. But without further ado, let's jump right into this awesome episode with Baroon. Once again, it's on mindful eating. You're going to love it. I mean, I hope you love it. I loved it. And I learned a lot as I usually do. (laughs) Baroon just is filled with wisdom. So here we go. Let's jump into it. And I hope you enjoy it. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the brand new series called The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life with Melissa Malati and Varun Garain. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi. I hope that you're having the most spectacular day. And we are so excited to bring you the next episode in our mini series. And this episode is entitled Mindful Eating. Ooh, so many interesting (laughs) points to touch on today. But before we jump into it, I'm going to go ahead and let Barun introduce our series as a whole. Some of the things we've previously touched on, just in case you're a brand new viewer and you haven't watched any of the videos in our series so far, he will touch on some of the things that we have already talked about and then introduce today's topic. So Barun, take it away. Well, thanks, Melissa. Really enjoying the sunshine today after a couple of days of, uh, you know, uh, clouds and snow. And Same. So, <laughs> so it's a beautiful day. So anyway, it's a great day to talk about uh, mindful eating. Uh, well, you know, uh, our episode is all about uh, seven essentials, which I call seven eye, which is all about connecting to seven essentials that are fundamental to human living. And um, the reason I'm trying to do all these is because uh, there are various aspects of health issues, you know, stress, depression, all kinds of emotional stuff all across the world, you know. And I find that unless you connect with these seven essentials, it is very, very difficult to get out of this mess, you know. So these seven essentials, even though uh, they are on its own quite important, but they're not fragmented by any means. So the number one essential that we discussed uh, in our first episode was breathing life because breathing life is probably the most important aspect of our life. Without breath, we won't even live for a few minutes. The second aspect we talked about was optimum hydration, which means that how to optimize the hydration of your body so that uh, the body is working at its peak very, very important, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So with these two things, um, and we have to realize that this two almost uh, gives us 80% of the energy that we need. 
it's not the food. It's actually the breathing life and hydration, which is by water, the right kind of water. So we also talked about the right kind of water and how to make sure that uh, we have structured water and to optimize the hydration in our body. And then we talked about um, the cosmic energy, which is really the energy that's coming from the sunshine. And today is beautiful, you know, outside and ah, it's wonderful. So sunlight, earth energy, because the frequency of the earth is what gives us the optimum health. So if you can connect with the earth, is essentially connecting with the frequency of the earth, which is seven to eight hertz, you know. And um, it's not just the sunlight and the earth's energy. We also have moon, we have planets. So they all actually make an impact on our life, on our living. So it's very, very important that we connect with these three important essentials. So the fourth essential is mindful eating. And this is what we'll talk about today. And one thing I like to emphasize that the reason I'm doing all this, all this, uh, discussing all the seven essentials is to really focus on one point, really one really important aspect of life, which is to stop the chattering of the mind. So what's happening is that we are in this pattern where we have our thoughts, which comes from our memories and the thoughts leads to emotions. And from the emotions, we take actions or inactions, whatever it is. And then it becomes our experience. It goes back into the memory and it becomes thought, emotion. So this cycle is actually quite, uh, quite problematic. And this is leading to all kinds of stress and depression and all kinds of health issues. So each of the essential that I'm talking about is all about how to break this cycle completely. In fact, each of the essential has the potential to do that. But I'm talking about seven essentials, which will make it very easier because if we can implement all these on our day-to-day -day living, you know, so that you don't have to sit down for half an hour to meditate and you know, uh, that's not going to help us at all. Why not bring these essentials into every single moment of our life? Mm. And that's the intent of this book is to make sure that we bring them in our life uh, on a daily basis and get the most value out of it. So today, Melissa will talk about uh, mindful eating. I'm excited. And also, I just want to let everyone know that's listening that we are basing each episode off of a chapter from Barun's awesome book, literally called the same thing as our title, The Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. So when Barun was referring to his book, this is what he's talking about. We're going to leave the link to uh, purchasing it on Amazon in the description box for this video. And yeah, it's as easy as that. But Okay, cool. So let's jump right into it. So mindful eating. So first off, let's just discuss what it means to be mindful. Okay. Let's do, let's discuss what mindful eating means, the definition of that, just so everyone gets an idea as we jump into the many topics within this area. Yes. I think mindful eating is all about being conscious, being aware of the food that we have on a daily basis, you know? just to be completely aware. Now, it's not just uh, the taste and how you feel about it. It's all about connecting with the food itself. It means where is the food coming from, you know, uh, and what is, what is the food that we're eating and how do we connect with the food we're actually eating? The process of eating is right. mindful eating. It's not the food by itself, you know, it's the mm -hmm. process of eating. So that's where 
mindful eating plays a very important role because it's not just about the food it's about the eating process you know and uh, in my book i talked about um, you know discipline eating and all kinds of other aspects to bring uh, bring this into a lifestyle you know so mindful eating is all about being conscious about the food and to make sure that um, you know we get the most value out of the food you know? awesome so there's so much to discuss within this topic so let's jump right into it. So let's first just touch on something that I think uh, across the board, we can agree that our society is obsessed with diets. <laughs> we're all very, um, we're, I, maybe, maybe not obsessed, but certainly I would say people are very interested in trying the new diet or the new fad. And um, with that, there just seems to be so much research and people are so confused now, in the interest of talking about mindful eating, what are your thoughts on this, on diets? Yes, it is quite interesting that um, there's so many diets around, you know, uh, starting from raw vegan to vegetarianism to, you know, keto and paleo, you know, all the way to uh, carno, 100% mm -hmm. carno diet, you know. So the reason why we have all these diets is because people are confused about eating. Yes. They want to know what's the you know, quick fix or best fix for them. Obviously, there's a health problem going on. There's a health issue. It's not just the physical issue. It's just mental and emotional. So it's a, it's a health which combines all these three different aspects. So obviously, there's a health issue going on and people are looking for solutions. Yeah. So my impression is that all these diets are definitely helpful for some people, no doubt about that. They have their own place. But eventually, they are missing out the point that uh, there's something else, which is, what is the fundamentals of eating? Mm. If, you, if, you, if you don't understand the fundamentals of eating, uh, we will, it will be very difficult for people to really know what is the right diet you know, for us. And I think that's where the confusion is, despite all the diets that we have all across the world, still you know, people are confused about what's the right food for us for us, you know. Mm -hmm. Now it's interesting that I, I took my, I used to take my children to the High Park Zoo and, uh, you know, there'll be beautiful llamas there and um, the children will be feeding them grass and leaves from the trees around. Mm -hmm. And what I found that the llamas knew exactly what to eat. If the children gives them, uh, you know, uh, certain leaves, they would not eat. The interesting part was that when kids will be mixing up the leaves, you know, the good and the bad ones for the llama, and the llama will reject the one, they will know straight away which leaves to eat, which one not to eat, you know, straight away while they're feeding on the mouth, you know. Wow. So it is very interesting that even llamas and other species probably, all species probably know what is the right diet and they'll stick to it. Whereas in the case of humans, I think we have forgotten what is the right diet. And I think that's where the confusion is, you know. Do you think it's because we're just a little out of touch as to what, you know, we, we truly need, like perhaps we've just been so distracted by, and being told that this is right, or this is right. And we should eat this. And this is good as opposed to, you know, really just tuning in and listening to what our body says. Cause I'm sure we have a specific diet as well, possibly. Mm. I mean, it depends, right? Cause do you, do you believe in um, the theory that we should eat for our blood type or eat from, for, where we come from in the world. Do you, do you agree with those ideas? Yes, I think so. I think mm -hmm. uh, it's very important to be able to understand your own 
body and see what's the right diet for you. Right. And that comes from experimentation. So I would not switch to a completely new diet straight away. I think we should stick, your, stick uh, to your uh, uh, traditional diet to start with mm-hmm. and then start improving, build on it, not just switch completely to veganism or vegetarianism only to uh, find yourself into a trap where you, know, you can have all kinds of issues. So this is where I find a lot of people have problems and they switch to veganism or vegetarianism or some other diet, like keto diet or paleo diet without understanding the fundamentals. So I think it's very important to know yourself first. So awareness actually is the most important thing. And that has been my focus. That has been the focus of the book. Yeah, absolutely. To be aware of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of everything that goes around you, including your food that you eat. You know. hmm. So without this awareness, I think it will be very difficult for you to, you know, hear somebody and, you know, uh, uh, and and fix yourself. I think this is where I find the actual issue going on, you know, not Mm. to be aware. You know, when I was first kind of learning about this concept of mindful eating, I would pick up, um, you know, whatever I was eating and I would feel if it felt right for me. (laughs) Mm. And if it did, then I would eat it. And if it didn't, then I wouldn't. And I did find that my body reacted well to that. It's very interesting. And then I heard this, well, I I didn't even hear this other, it's not like a concept, but I remembered from when I was a child, you know, um, the world was much different. I'm 30. It's not like I'm not that old, but when I was, you know, um, zero to 10 in between those years, people were more religious than they are now. And uh, certainly my family was, and we would go to church and we would practice the ideals from the church and we would say grace before meals. And so I, um, you know, that was a big practice for me. And then over the years, I forgot about it. And then when I was thinking about it and I remembered, I started saying grace before I would eat. And I would notice that when I would say grace and I would truly get into that attitude of gratitude before eating, I don't know if it would change the structure of the food or because my mindset was in a, like a higher frequency, perhaps I was able to digest the food better, but I just noticed that I felt good after eating my meals. Uh, Is that something that you've heard of or that you've researched on or that you practice? Yes, I think uh, I practice that for sure. And what I find that all traditional cultures have this, had this, not have Mm -hmm. this, had this, you know, uh, tradition at home that when at the dinner time, everybody's on the, on, on the table um, and, um, you know, they are praying or doing something which is really uh, focusing attention on the food. You look at the food, you, you know, gratitude or, or you know, you pay respect, you mm-hmm. know, or prayers. So all these things are all about connecting with the food. Yeah. And we talked about water last time, right? And, yes. and we discussed that water is very conscious. And all foods, including us, are water. Hmm. Essentially, so when you have the right kind of thoughts and gratitude, and you mentioned about Dr. Um, Emoto's research on structured water and how our thinking patterns can actually change the structure of the water, Hmm. uh, which is a real thing. I know a lot of people don't believe it. As a scientist, I know this is real. Yeah, I believe it. I've seen pictures. I've seen evidence. There's, you know, it definitely is real. It is. And I felt that myself, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the reason why when different cultures will be sitting together as a family and the focusing on the food, essentially you are changing the vibration or making the water more structured, you know, mm-hmm. in the food and also yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that connection is very important. That's why I feel that it's not just about the diet. 
or the kind of food you eat. I think, I think the more important is actually uh, the way you eat. Right. That is actually very important. The way you eat and how you connect with the food. I think they are really critical, more important than the mm. kind of food you eat. I think they, that's also important. You don't want to eat poison, you know, or eat something junk or, or having toxins in there. So you have to pay attention to that, no doubt. But mm. I think the primary importance is to make sure you connect with the food. Make mm. sure that, uh, uh, you know, without that connection, I feel that you're losing out on various other aspects of what food can provide to you. Cool. And can we talk about different ways that we can make the connection? So obviously I just said you could say grace before meals. You could, you could feel out the energy. Are there any other, I don't know, fun games that you could play to connect with your food? <laughs> Have you noticed? <laughs> yes. I think they're very, I think uh, different cultures do things differently. And sometimes uh, I really like the cultures where everybody has to close their eyes mm. and all the food is covered, you know? You do not know. And everybody's guessing, you know, you go around the table and <laughs> guessing, oh, today I think from the smell, I can, oh yeah, I can feel it's um, maybe uh, it's a preparation of certain bread, you know, maybe okay. a bread with rosemary or maybe, you know, it must, looks like uh, some kind of a uh, tomato dish, you know, maybe mm -hmm. pasta. Some, mm -hmm. Someone might say, oh, beautiful smells of basmati rice, you know, some yeah. say, oh, must, must be some spicy food there so people are guessing you know around the table and then finally open the and see you know who actually won kind of thing you know this is fun <laughs> that is fun I want to do that you also yeah. just made me extremely hungry naming off rosemary bread and all <laughs> <laughs> delicious pasta yum I'm starving <laughs> that's awesome okay very very interesting so Okay. So let's kind of scale back and talk about in your book, you discuss disciplined eating. So what does that mean? Yes. I think um, the fundamentals of eating is, um, is probably, you know, really, really critical, you know, to our success with mindful eating. Mm -hmm. So the first very important uh, principle is eat only when you're hungry. I know it's, it's a very different thing to do for most people, but people, you get used to it. You know, there was a time when I used to have lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every single, and there's snacks in between. Hmm. For how many years? 10, 20 years. And when I switched to eating two times a day and now basically once a day hmm. and sometimes twice a day, uh, but skip the breakfast completely. So I don't feel that, yes, I'm hungry, but I enjoy that hunger, you know. I do want you? To I feel that I enjoy that hunger for a little while, of course, not for, you know, <laughs> actually today is my third day of water fasting. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't eaten for three days <gasps> and I feel great, you know? Oh my so, gosh. Is this just, is it like, you're just trying this on your own or are there other people doing it with you? Yes. There's a group uh, who does it. Um, and uh, I'm actually part of that group. Uh, wow. And, um, and interestingly, that I've, I've just done this in October as well. October was for a special reason because I do that in October. There's a special festival that happens uh, oh. part of my tradition and um, I, I focus on that, you know? Cool. So anyway, so this was for, for a different reason. This is because uh, of this uh, conjunction of uh, these two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, they're aligning on the 21st of December. That's so that's right. a big day. It's I remember happening. you telling me this. Yeah. Yes. It's happening after 800 years, you know, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You can see the Jupiter actually on the Southern West sky. And I think this week 
is very important from the 14th to the 21st. I feel mm. it's a very important uh, time of the year. And also 21st is uh, solstice, the winter solstice. You know? Yule, that's right. Yes, exactly. So, uh, and also it's a solar eclipse on that day, which is, oh my goodness, so many <laughs> things are happening on the same day. Staying inside on that day. <laughs> What's going on there, you know? What's going on there? So wow. it's the way to connect with the, we talked about cosmic energy. It's about connecting yeah. with, Every day I'm going to see, you know, in the, whenever the sun sets, you can actually see Jupiter and Saturn, if you're lucky. Really? I didn't uh, know you could see it right now. I didn't see, I didn't know that it was visible right now. I knew it was visible in the summertime, but I didn't know that it was still visible right now. Today, uh, it's a beautiful day and you can see the Jupiter. If, you, if you're wow. lucky, if you see at the southern west sky, if you can from your place, mm-hmm. I think you have, you're probably open, right? On your southern side, you're close to the lake. Yes, I am. Yeah, I, I, I have uh, a view of the Southern West for sure. Yeah, try maybe after 5 p.m. today, but, but before 7 p.m. though, because it sets at uh, 7.29. Actually, there's an app there which I look at. It talks <laughs> about all the planets. Ooh. It's called Star Walk 2. Walk uh, 2? Essentially, it'll, the app can tell you uh, where, the, uh, where the planet is. Oh, cool. And, uh, it's very interesting. Sorry, can you repeat that star walk through? Uh, two. Or two, uh, walk number two. Number two, yeah. Oh, number two, star walk yeah. two. Interesting, okay. Uh, or it has got something called sky life and actually see the sky and see all the different planetary and constellations and all kinds of stuff, you know? Cool, so I, so I knew this was happening because I remember you telling me about this last week, but I didn't realize that fasting is something that you should consider when energies are high. You're, so you're saying that that's why you're doing the fast because you're um, because energies are really high and you feel that it can somehow um, just sort of help you get in alignment is sorry yes. explain that more that because that's okay. so interesting to me. So the, the reason I mentioned about fasting is because the first principle I talked about eat only mm. when you're hungry. Yeah. Now there's something to it as well. When you're hungry, you know, your body is not working hard to digest the food, right? Mm-hmm. So the body is doing all kinds of other repair mechanisms in the system, right? And also there's enough energy for you to focus on things that are really important to you. So to really connect with somebody or re- to really connect with something bigger than yourself, you know, mm-hmm. it is very important to make sure that you have enough energy. So I think that's when you're fasting. So that because I know that on the 21st of December, we have something major happening across the globe. And I feel that when I'm hungry, when I don't have food to worry about, or I'm not digesting the food, I can spend a lot of my energy, you know, trying to connect with the events happening around you. Hmm. So that was the intention. That's my intention is to see how I can connect with something bigger than myself. You know, in this case, uh, the Jupiter and the Saturn and everything going around me. And I think that's what fasting helps you. So that's why in most um, traditions you'll see, they do fasting on certain occasions. And it intensifies the connection with whatever. Some people say is God or mm. intelligence or whatever. So it's essentially help you to connect with something bigger than yourself that you really want to connect with. Mm. So otherwise, when you are stuffed with food, it is very difficult to even think about something beyond, beyond yourself. You, know? you become a little bit selfish, I feel. You know? So that's the reason why fasting is so important. Wow. And it starts from starting with hunger, you know? trying to understand uh, the feeling of hunger. Nowadays, I feel most people don't even know what is thirst and hunger. 
because all the time we are eating, 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 eating. Yeah. I don't know the difference. I actually try really hard to, to figure out the difference. And every so often when I take a sip of water, I'm like, I clue into, oh, I was just really thirsty right now. And and I'm like, yes, win for Melissa for today. (laughs) But it's, um, it is very difficult to kind of understand the difference, to be honest, because we're not really taught to do that. Mm. Um, I don't think it's like a societal norm to really tune in in that way. And um, yeah, and we're just, especially in Canada, I think we were touching on this before, but um, Canada, people seem to really live to eat instead of to eat to live. That's very much plugged into sort of our culture as a whole. So um, yeah, I think these things like that is forgotten for sure. Yeah, I think it's everywhere. You know, I think yeah, yeah, probably. I think uh, most (laughs) because eating is such a thing because we have we have so many troubles across us. You know, Mm. we have no control on your thoughts and emotions and our energies. It becomes very difficult sometimes to really enjoy life. So food is one of the little things that we can uh, eat to enjoy, Mm. and you know, gives us a little bit of pleasure, I guess. You know, so I think that's the reason. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that. Yeah, uh, it's a, you're just limiting yourself by doing that. You know, it's nothing wrong. It's just fine. Enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> sure. Well, I do practice intermittent fasting. That is something I have been okay. trying for a while now since reading your book, to be honest. Um, I have done it off and on and um, I'll do the 16 hour one. Sometimes people just do 12 hours, um, but I usually try to do 16 and it's not easy all the time because I do wake up hungry a lot. that's just kind of, and so I've, I've been doing it off and on for the last couple of months. And so recently though, I have noticed that I've woken up and I just really need something. So I'll have a little bit of a pomegranate and then I just don't eat until about, well, right now it's one 47. I'll eat around two o'clock. So, um, yeah, it's, but in the interest of talking about listening to our bodies and kind of tuning in and making a connection and whatnot, I do try to just listen to what my body needs. And if I really need something, then I'll go ahead and just have a bit of a pomegranate or some kind of fruit or something. Yes. That's perfectly fine. I think some yeah. raw fruits and vegetables is fine. Yeah. But I find that when you're hungry, just to know whether you're thirsty or hungry, I find that um, the first thing, for example, if you're really hungry, first thing you try is a glass of water. Okay. And still, if you feel hungry, uh, then maybe put a little bit of salt and another water, or maybe some kind of a vegetable juice, not fruit juice, vegetable juice, you know, like mm-hmm. celery and maybe carrots a little bit so that, or some other uh, leafy vegetables. So idea is that, you know, uh, let's see what's going on here in the system. Hmm. So that way you can train your body to really uh, see whether it's hunger. So give first preference to water, some okay. kind of, or then to raw vegetables and fruits, like a, piece of apple or something to see how hungry you are. And then after that, you can eat the proper meal if you need to, you know? Right. Uh, If you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You don't need to, then don't. (laughs) Yes. Otherwise, what happens is, oh, the meal is all cooked, you know? I'm not hungry, but look, I have to eat at 12. So I have to eat, you know? So that pattern, I feel, is a problem because, Mm. um, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So... See, seven I, seven essentials that I'm talking about is all about breaking that pattern. Mm. So the number one discipline uh, eating that I'm talking about is eat only when you're hungry is to actually help you break that pattern. That's the main reason. It's not really to deprive of something. It's really to 
break that pattern first. Right. And, and I number, feel, sorry, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, and the number one thing that you talk about in this book is to practice awareness. And when you're aware, you're not, you're not in a pattern. You're aware. You're consciously yes. living in that moment, presently. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. So that's the first thing is to make sure, as part of the fundamentals of eating, eat only when you're hungry. And the reason is quite obvious to break that pattern. And also when you're hungry, uh, the absorption of nutrition is much, much higher, mm. much greater. Body absorbs the nutrition because body is craving for it. So body wants to absorb the nutrition. So you actually get more uh, value from the amount of food you eat. Mm. So you don't waste your food. You know, When you're not hungry and eating, essentially it's uh, increasing your... Um, increasing your load in the body, you know, essentially, you know, uh, essentially you're getting more and more exhausted and tired. You need so much of energy. Now, uh, the other thing is uh, I find uh, it also, the food also tastes very delicious when you're really hungry. I've seen my children and other children too, eating all kinds of great food, you know, highly nutritious food when they're hungry. Otherwise, when they're not hungry, they want to eat, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, right. there's nothing wrong with that. But that's the, the second principle of eating is to eat less. Whatever, whenever you're trying to eat, eat less. So, for example, if you're eating, say, uh, six uh, bread or you know, slices of bread or toast, whatever, try maybe two or three next time. Okay. You know, so the mistake that people do is whenever they have a problem, they switch to a different diet. I think that's a big mistake to straight uh, straight away. So, what they should do is first eat only when they're hungry, to break the patterns first, mm -hmm. and then try to eat less of what they're already eating as they diet. Hmm. For example, if you eat a pizza, you know, uh, don't change that completely. Just say, say you eat four slices, eat two slices. Right. And then the next time try one slice, you know? So start eliminating things that doesn't, things doesn't suit you or doesn't help you, you know? So, so that's the process of elimination, you know? So the food is not about, what to eat, it's all about what not to eat. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. the most important thing about food, I found, you know. And I think many people are saying the same thing, I find. Many researchers are, you know, saying the same thing because of the experience. So mm -hmm. it's not just about what to eat, it's about what not to eat. Right. So that's the second point is eat less. And what I find in this modern world, um, uh, which is really surprising, Melissa, that 70 to 80% of the people are constipated. And recently I've been talking to some colonists and some uh, hydrotherapists and uh, the kind of things that they talk about is amazing. People have 20 to 40 pounds of kind of garbage in their system and it's there oh. because people do not know how to eliminate with the wrong kinds of food and the habits and stuff like that. This is a, I think this is a disgrace, you know. Mm -hmm. I think nobody should allow their own holy temple. This body is a temple to have so much of garbage. Would you have so much of garbage sitting in your room, in your office? No, but it's there already. Believe me or not, if you have four people in the house, so you've got so much of garbage sitting everywhere, you know? Wow. So this is, this is uh, you know, really bothers me. I find that first we have to eliminate the mm. garbage, you know? And this, this can only happen when you start having a disciplined eating. Mm. So that's number two. Number three, is, uh, you know, whatever you're eating, now start changing to more nutritional foods, you know? You know, change the nutrition value of the food so that whatever you're eating it has a high density of nutrition. In you. 
for example, some people it could be, you know, say somebody's eating, say, white bread. You can, you can just change that to a different kind of bread, you know, which is much more wholesome, I guess, you know, uh, which is whole foods. So start from uh, junk food to whole foods, you know, slowly change it. Don't change overnight because whole foods doesn't necessarily mean they're more healthy. It's just that, you know, um, it has got certain things there which might be more useful. Uh, so I think the idea is to change the nutritional value of what you eat or start adding some other, uh, uh, you know, foods that are superfoods and herbs. And that's what I talked about uh, in, the, in, the other, in, the, in this chapter, how to introduce uh, superfoods and herbs, you know, along with their own diet. You know? Yeah, I actually found this part of Barun's book, uh, of this chapter specifically, um, to be very, um, very useful. There are tons of different foods, superfoods that he lists in the book. And maybe I'll just get you to touch on one right now. And if anyone is interested in, you know, yeah. what are whole foods and superfoods and whatnot in the book, he lists so many for, um, for all of you. So go ahead and tell us maybe one superfood that you think that people should be adding more to their everyday diet slash routine yes. slash food. <laughs> so uh, there is a wide range of superfoods, you know, uh, you know, all the way from spirulina to chlorella to cacao to uh, goji berries to uh, cisandra berries to tulsi to ashwagandha to maca. You just name it. There are many, many. But uh, would you eat all of them? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so first you have to understand, you know, uh, what are these foods? So that's why connection to the food is so important. What's the nutrition value in there, you know? For example, if you feel that you are deficient in magnesium, go for a raw cacao, chocolate, raw cacao, not chocolate with sugar and milk and stuff like that. Raw cacao. What? But it, it's it so delicious. It is delicious. Raw cacao <laughs> is delicious too. I mean, for me, it's very delicious. And I okay. find a lot of people also. So anyway, what I find that if you want to introduce superfoods, start with something basic like uh, fermented foods. Okay. You know, and I think every culture has fermented foods, you know, in their home. Why mm -hmm. not start with that? For example, it could be sauerkraut. In Europe, I think they have sauerkraut. Kimchi in, Germany. in Korea. Germany mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and kimchi, for example, in South Korea. Natto is a Japanese, uh, Korean, Chinese. Uh, it's a very high in vitamin K2 which is actually very, very important, you know, uh, especially when you're taking vitamin D supplement, you need vitamin K2. And oh. the only few foods that actually have vitamin K2, natto is one of them. Natto, how do you spell that? N-A-T-T-O. It's okay. actually made from fermented soybean. It doesn't taste very good, smell very good. But um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, once you get used to it, you just love it. Okay, <laughs> so how do you eat that? You just eat with your food. For example... Natto is basically fermented, could be some kind of beans, you know, it could be soybean or, oh. but it's fermented soybean, not like soybean. I do never recommend soybean, but fermented soybean is a different story. The fermentation process, you know, the bacteria or whatever is, comes in the frag, uh, fragmentation, um, mm. fermentation, uh, it actually Close. helps to change the nature, uh, actually reduces some of the uh, some of the deleterious elements to say, you know, for example, lectins, for example, or some kind of uh, oxalates. So it tends to uh, reduce the impact of those in a big way. I see. So that's what I find that the, the fermented foods are the easiest one to adopt because most people 
know it. And, uh, and of course, you've got kefir or yogurt, you know, mm. but uh, try to make sure that the, uh, it's from milk, which is non, uh, not conventional. Hmm. Okay. Because, yeah, very important because make yogurt and kefir from milk or sometimes you can do fr- um, from coconut milk as well. Hmm. And you can also make water kefir. There are ways to do that. And of course, there are kombuchas as well in all kinds of different drinks, fermented drinks you can bring into your lifestyle, you know. So fermentation is very important. And I feel that uh, many, uh, I think we can start actually eating more fermented foods. That's where it is going to go a big, you know, big way. Um, Right. And on top of that, what we can do is um, we can also uh, grow sprouts or do some sproutings. Little sprouts are very good, you know. Like, for example, could be sunflower sprouts or broccoli or, um, uh, or, you know, some other radish sprouts. And there are different kinds of sprouts that we can actually have, uh, which is really useful. You know, I see. Very cool. Very interesting. And I noticed that I, I want to just quickly touch on this. You said that you would never recommend soybeans. Now, there's a lot of mixed opinions on soy and personally whenever i digest anything soy i feel disgusting (laughs) even though sometimes it may taste good uh does not i don't feel good afterwards so why i'm just curious as to why you would never recommend soybeans yes soybeans are mostly genetically modified i see and i find that uh, when i have soybean it leads to all kinds of issues you know i mean there was a time when I, i started drinking soy milk Mm. Uh, and uh, definitely didn't help me at all. Actually, it, um, you know, it also increases, uh, you know, it also uh, prote- uh, hormone disruptor. It disrupts the hormone too. It's what I oh. found from a research that uh, all kinds of tofu, for example, you know, tofu mm. is, uh, I would not eat the conventional tofu, yeah. uh, but uh, there are some other forms of tofu like nigari tofu. They're good. Uh, sometimes, uh, but if the soy is fermented, soybean is fermented, then actually it becomes very healthy because soybean has got a lot of nutrition in there. Oh, a lot of nutrition, okay. good amount of proteins and various other things. But the thing is, once it's fermented, you enhance the, uh, um, enhance the good stuff and reduces the bad stuff, you know? I so see. that's why fermented tofu is okay. You know, for example, uh, natto has mentioned natto. There's something else I remember. Um, uh, I, I, I just um, which we eat at home. Uh, it's called uh, tempeh. Tempeh. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Tempeh. Tempeh. T e m p e. So tempeh is actually good. It's a fermented. Uh, but again, you know, again, sometimes I feel that um, uh, you have to know yourself how it's reacting. You know. Mm-hmm. So again, the awareness is very important. So. There are various fermented foods uh, that we have around. And, um, you know, and soybean, uh, I think uh, we have to be careful because it's highly genetically modified and sometimes they use all kinds of chemicals and pesticides to grow them, Uh, Um, you know, uh, including glyphosate and stuff like that, which um, doesn't look very appealing, you know, especially if you're health conscious and want to really improve your lifestyle. That makes sense. And in your book, you actually go into detail about different kind of toxins and whatnot to avoid. So we're not going to touch on too much on that right now, um, because I really loved 
when we talked about making a connection with food, I just kind of want to gear back there and talk about in your chapter, you talk about possibly growing your own food and you were just saying you can grow sprouts, you can grow, you know, do the ferment fermentation. I would really have to do my research on that because that seems truly difficult in my head, but maybe it's not. I don't really know how to do that. Do you grow your own like tomatoes and whatnot? Do you have your own garden at home? Uh, uh, Used to. I used, used to, to grow tomatoes. Tomatoes I tend to avoid because it's full of lectins. Uh, oh. uh, so what I do is um, I take the skin off and sometimes the seeds off. Hmm. And you may say there's nothing left in tomato then, you know. Actually, <laughs> or if you really want to eat tomatoes, um, uh, you pressure cook it. You, you actually remove the lectins completely. They're not oh. completely, definitely reduce them lectin. So I tend to avoid all nightshade vegetables. Right. Like tomatoes and eggplants and sometimes potatoes, uh, mm. you know, bell peppers and cucumbers and stuff like that. So I try to reduce them uh, to a great extent. So it's curious. Yeah, so, what's in your everyday salad then? <laughs> well, there's so many things in a salad. There's so many greens, you know. What's uh, your example, favorite? Let's see. My favorite is uh, salad is avocado. Uh, it has to be avocado. Okay. Avocado along with olives along with some, uh, some kind of a greens, for example, little could be some baby kale or okay. baby spinach or some kind of a, you know, leafy vegetable, but uh, lots of avocados and on top of that macadamia nuts, you know. Interesting. Cause typically I would say my salad is filled with all the nightshade vegetables that you were just speaking of. Like I have tomatoes, peppers. Sometimes I throw in onions. Sometimes yeah. I throw in pickles cause I'm weird like that. And, uh, cucumbers. That was another one you listed. Uh, but I have noticed that I do get stomach aches sometimes when I have tomatoes. So maybe that is the lectins that you were speaking of. Could be, you know, everybody reacts in different ways. Some people be more tolerant to tomatoes and eggplants, but in my mm. whole, in my family, I've seen uh, ah. my mother, she was suffering from arthritis and she recovered 100%, 100% from um, getting rid of all nitrate vegetables. So that, so, so that was a big inspiration for me. And then when I read Dr. Gundry's book, The Plant Paradox, and I said, oh my God, you know, this is what I was looking for, you know? The really? information. Yeah, it the connected. Plan paradox. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, the plan paradox. So that book echoed with me completely. And and boy, he's a wonderful person. And uh, you know, so I feel that uh, just being just by being aware of mm. some of these, you know, can help you in a big, big way. For example, you're getting tummy ache eating tomatoes or salad. Mm. Find out. So maybe you start eliminating mm. tomatoes one day, and maybe it could be bell peppers one day see how you feel. If you feel better, it means that you are in the right track. Hmm. So this is all about experimentation, you know, and, and, and the body's telling you that yeah. something is not right here, you know? Yeah. But it yeah. tastes so good. So sometimes I'm just, sometimes I avoid it and sometimes I, I give it cause it is good, <laughs> but that's what we were also talking about in another episode about balance, right? Like sometimes it's okay to allow yourself to do like everything in moderation sort of thing. But I, I love 
I love this episode. I love everything that we just talked about because I think the number one takeaway would have to be making a connection with the food and really just being aware. Uh, And, and like you said, tuning in to see what feels right for you and making up your own decisions on what your body needs, as opposed to sort of following a diet strictly and connecting with your food, saying grace or, or playing the game that you were talking about. That's so fun and making food, a joyous experience as opposed to, you know, just something that you just, you just do because you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, connection with food is so important. For example, when you're eating the food, I think if you can close your eyes, actually, you know, I feel that technique Mm. is very good. If you close your eyes and see, you know, how it tastes, the texture and stuff like that, I think it's beautiful, you know, it might take a little bit more longer to eat, you know, (laughs) but the first thing is you're chewing a lot. When you're conscious, you will chew a lot because you want to feel the taste of the food. So you will chew a lot. The food will digest better. You get all the beautiful salivas and stuff like that in the food and the food gets digested. So I think that also helps you uh, not to overeat. You know, when you're eating consciously, you cannot overeat because the body will tell you, look, you know, stop now, you know. And uh, my my formula is um, only eat two thirds of your tummy. Keep one third empty of your tummy because uh, you know i think it's going to help you in a big way it gives you more energy than the energy that's required for digesting a fully Mm. stuffed tummy you know my god i mean i feel when i eat too much i feel sleepy straight away absolutely i know this it's called the itis have you heard of that before yes yes. yeah i've heard that before um and i remember in high school someone told me that and went oh yeah like i certainly get that like i will overeat and then just be exhausted afterwards (laughs) absolutely you know it's very very important and the connection to food is we have to understand where the food comes from Mm -hmm. and uh you know uh, most people may think that food comes from the supermarket actually Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why I feel that going to the farmer's market has helped me a lot, especially with my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my children, actually, when we used to go to the supermarket, uh, sorry, to the farmer's market, not supermarket, farmer's market <laughs> on Saturdays in the weekends, especially on Saturday, it's a big outing for us. You know, in the morning, we go out and eat mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff and, and connect with the farmers. And in fact, my son got so, um, so... Uh, enthused with this that he actually started doing a you know started working in the farmer's market actually really yeah wow. so so he he got interested into food hmm. and he eats the healthiest food you can ever imagine you know in fact he teaches us what eat, what to eat what not to eat wow. in fact he just uh, ordered this big book uh, if i can show you yeah um, oh gosh and he's coming here uh, in 21st of december this book he ordered for us you know Boundless. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's from Ben Greenfield. Okay. Uh, Boundless. Upgrade your brain, optimize your body, and defy aging. It must be a good book, you know. So I, <laughs> I browse through it. So what I'm saying is that uh, you know it's a very fun way, you know, to connect with the food because everybody can relate to it, even kids. Going to the mm-hmm. farmers market, and um, in fact, my son actually at, he's at McGill University in Montreal, and he actually. Uh, worked for a, uh, in a, the university farming community cool. where they spent six months while we were having this COVID thing at home. He was in the farm growing vegetables and wow. all kinds of beautiful stuff. You know? So I feel that this connection with the food is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to the farmers, 
asking the questions. Sometimes the farmers invite you, come to my farm, you know, pick up your, you know, your strawberries or you know, <laughs> now apples and pears, you know, it's wow. beautiful, right? That is beautiful. Yeah. I want to go to the farm. <laughs> How fun. I went to a lavender farm in the summertime and I just felt so grounded and connected. Yes. And I just felt like, oh man, that this is where I need to be. I need to be on the farm. So that just, that's awesome. And I love that your son gets to have that experience. That is so, so cool. I didn't even know you had a son, to be honest. I thought you only had daughters. So <laughs> that's no. fun to know that. <laughs> yeah, son and a daughter. Yeah. yeah, my daughter is in high school. My son is at McGill. Um, and oh. uh, he, he started doing agriculture to start with, you know, very and, cool. uh, but now he's getting into some other fields, you know, including computers. He was telling me that he wants to do computer science. He wants to do environmental engineering or whatever, you know, so it doesn't got matter what he does. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of schooling enjoy. ahead of him, but in just enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy. Have fun, you know? Uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, on that note, this has been a fantastic episode. I feel like we all just got so much from everything that you said today. And I feel like everyone listening is going to really benefit from this. So thank you so much for um, doing this episode with me. And if you are watching right now and you missed the beginning part, seven essentials to transform your life, that's what Barun's book is called. And uh, this is what our entire series is based off of. And I will once again, leave the link to get this book in the description box for this video. Varun, this has been awesome. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> We have reached the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, stay tuned for next Tuesday for episode five going to be released in audio version. But of course, if you want to check it out on Friday, the video version will be released this coming Friday. And that's pretty much it. Of course, Lunchtime Sunshine is on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It is the th weekly, three times a week live stream where I talk about what I'm grateful for with you guys. We discuss that together. We do a little meditation. And of course, I pull an angel card with a little message for the week. So if you want to join in on that, youtube.com slash Melissa is where you can join in on the live stream as well as see the ver video version for this episode and this series. So love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to see you next week. Sending you all so much love, light, and motivation to go slay at your goals. Namaste. Mm -hmm.